I am Matthew Thomas. You are watching Super Cool Radio. I got a great guest with me at this time. He's a very talented guitarist from Orange County, California, and is part of three killer bands, including Los Angeles, California, Ultimate Tribute to Jimi Hendrix, Stone Free, Premium Rock Band, Skull Tone, and Carlos Arroyo and the Blues Groove All-Stars. Please welcome Carlos Arroyo. Oh, thank you, Matthew. Thank you so much. Man, you make me sound great. <laughs> yeah, that is my job. That is what I, that's what I got to do. <laughs> no, it's, it's wonderful to be on. Thank you so much. Yeah, very nice to chat with you. Uh, before we get started, a big shout out to promoter Christina Villa for making this interview possible. She is uh, really cool to work with, always uh, hooking me up with some great interviews. So big shout out to Christina for making this interview possible. Definitely, yeah. She's going to start working now with our Skull Tone band, which will be great because she's she's always out there. She's always posting. She's her follow up is amazing, and she's just uh, a lot of fun and uh, and she'll tell fun stories just like we do. So it's it's she's one of us now. So yeah, she's really awesome. Just the, her whole character and the, all the great work she does for musicians and bands. It's really incredible. Yeah, it is. And she works with a lot of my friends, you know, with Rick Fox and, and you know, and Jonesy and, and everyone else. So it's so it's kind of fun that, you know, we, a lot of us have been together since like the 80s. We've been playing with each other, you know, playing in clubs and, and different things. And, and it's just nice to see that after all these years, we're still all here. We're still all playing. And and it's just the, the love of the music. Because it's sure not always the money. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? You tell me musicians don't get paid all the time? <laughs> oh, well, you, you've you've seen the the, the ads where it, where it says uh, a a musician, a guy that puts five thousand dollars of equipment into a five hundred dollar car, drives two hundred miles for fifty dollars. You know. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. For sure. But. It's going it's to be a great interview. I can already feel it. So let's kick this interview off. I'm going to start with a fun question. Nice icebreaker to kick this off. What music have you been listening to this week, Carlos? This week, a lot of the Skull Tone stuff because we we haven't been together since the, the pandemic. So it's like I've got to relearn our songs. So I've been listening to a lot of that. And there's a, a lot of favorite bands. I love like Alter Bridge. Um, oh, yes. I, and, yeah, yeah. Miles Kennedy is amazing. Yeah, you know, just I love those guys, and uh, you know I listen to my Hendrix. Always got to listen to Jimmy. Oh, yeah. You know, but you know I I try to listen to. I'm a music guy, so it's like I have thousands and thousands of CDs. I have videos. I have so much, but every week I've got to have something new. It's it's just I've got to have that new music. I still have my faves, you know, but it's I got to hear something new, you know, something fresh. Got to go see someone fresh, something new, you know. It's and I'll always, I've always been that way, and I'll always be that way. 
Yeah, I definitely feel I, I, I'm the same way. Every week I'm always either finding music or people are like messaging me like, hey, you got to check this band out and things like that. But yeah, actually, Alter Bridge, like, that was the last concert I went to uh, before the pandemic. That was the last show I went to. And uh, they're amazing. First time seeing them. And they, they're just incredible live. Yeah, they are. They are great. And I've got to see this, you know, with since the pandemic's winding down in theory, uh, I got to go see Joe Bonamassa. You know, I'm a big Joe Bonamassa fan. I, you know, I've really got gotten into the blues a lot. And uh, he opened the Greek theater, which is a big concert venue here outdoors. And it's their 90th anniversary. So he got to open and be the first show here. So I wound up getting tickets and I went with, I know I'm old, with my grandson, who's a giant Bonamassa fan. And it was just a, it was just fun to be outdoors listening yep. to someone so great and just music, just the vibe of, of what we're all looking forward to do again, to get out and play live. Yes, for sure. Especially he, he's a killer blues musician. Just he, he's incredible. Like I, I love blues music too. And uh, he's just, he's, he's incredible. As yeah, well. it, it, it was a fun show and and i love the greek it's i think it's voted every year uh greatest small outdoor venue in the country so it, it's just a wonderful venue it's the sound system's amazing the show was amazing and and it was it was just like i say it was just fun to be out again yeah definitely being, being out especially not having live music for like you know a year and some people almost two years it's uh, it, it's really nice to actually get back and to enjoy live music and be around people who also enjoy the same music than you. It's a really nice feeling. Oh, definitely. It's like I had t during the pandemic probably tw at least 20 shows canceled. Yeah. I did get to do some, though. I mean, there's get to do some outdoor shows. I, I felt comfortable doing the outdoor shows, indoor shows. Eh, not too much right now, but uh, we did do some outdoor shows and I have some outdoor shows coming in in November with my Hendrix band and uh, Skull Tone, the band Skull Tone. We have a, a, a EP coming out end of September, maybe October. And we have our first, we want to do a CD release party in, at the end of uh, October. So looking forward to that. It's, it's kind of fun getting back with, with the guys, you know, when the pandemic hit, you know, we all kind of had to go our separate ways for a while. And then we were decided, you know, let's put this, let's get back together. It looks like we could start, finish the album and, and do that. And then we uh, tragically lost our, our rhythm guitar player. Oh. And so that was kind of got us to the point, well, do we continue? Do we, you yeah. know, we felt so bad. But, you know, we, uh, Doc, you know, Richard Hayden and I, we, we talked about it. He goes, you know what? Let's you and I, let's finish this. So we wind up, we, we got a new, a new drummer, new bass player, and a new guitar player. And we just started rehearsing again. And we're mixing back in the studio, trying to get everything done and writing new material. And I think we have enough for a second album already. Just in the, in the few weeks we've gotten back, I, I think it's that energy of it's live, it's us again. So it's, it's, it's been a lot of fun. And, we're, and everyone in the band is just a, a, a crazy character. You know, there's no shy guys in the band. So it's, you know, you say something smart, Alec, you're going to get something back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, right on. Yeah, it's, um, you just tell, like, I've been to some some uh, show, like, live shows, you know, post, you know, well, getting out of the pandemic a little bit. And, um, you know, the crowds are just so hot. 
uh, just like they're just like ready to be uh, in front of live music or live performances, wh whatever, any kind of being out in front of uh, any kind of live music or performance. And they're just, it, it's, it's insane almost that just how hot and ready the crowds are to be back. It is. We did a show uh, during, uh, about two months ago. I did a live show outside and with my Hendrix band and they're all yelling, smash and burn guitars. Come on. Let's be there. They're ready for the craziness. Cause we've done that. We, we did a Woodstock festival. We were headlining my Hendrix band and uh, we burned and smashed guitars and just tore up the stage and the crowd just went nuts. And, you know, they come to kind of expect that. So I wound up, it was a fundraiser. I wound up winning a guitar you know, in the raffle, I wound up winning the guitar and everyone burn and smash it. Because the show's over. I'll burn and smash it at the next show. So got a guitar. I'm going to custom paint it and it's going to get burned and smashed. <laughs> well, at least you at least you didn't have to pay for a replacement guitar. You already got one. Yeah. And it's like that. You know, my when I did that Woodstock Festival, I bought a, a Squire Strat, got it for 80 bucks. And I had my daughter, who's a great artist, and she painted it exactly like the Monterey Strat. It looked perfect it was beautiful i used it for the encore song wild thing like hendrix did and then i burned and smashed it and she said she will never paint another guitar for me again <laughs> she goes Just paint it on your own dad i'm done yeah <laughs> i can see that but at kids well, today you know <laughs> It's always like the nice, uh, like uh, you know, like you know, nice guitar or whatever. And like you know, at, at the end, like they were, you know, smash and burn it. But like, well, it was worth it though. <laughs> it looked cool while I was playing it. Yeah, it, it did. It looked really good, you know. And, and people, yeah, they they loved it. And the funny thing is, I had a, a uh, some friends that came to the show, the concert, and uh, one of the his daughter came with his her boyfriend, and he's taking pictures, you know, with his camera taking pictures. And I burned and smashed the guitar. I took the, the neck and threw it way out in the audience. Well, he's filming. He's going, tick, tick, tick. and then he stops and puts it down and it hits him right in the eye and gave him a black eye. You know, and I didn't know this until about a year later when I was doing the Woodstock Festival again and I invited them over. He goes, well, they, you know, you gave him a black eye. He goes, oh, I am so sorry. He goes, yeah, but they broke up. He goes, well, I'm glad I hit him. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Hurting our little girl yeah. like that, you know, so... <laughs> <laughs> yep, totally worth it. It was worth it. You know, if I see him again, I'm I'm get I'm I'm grabbing a guitar. You know, so. <laughs> I'm not even performing. I'll just hit you with a guitar. Oh, yeah, I'm just gonna hit him. You know? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, just get a little bit of history on you. So, uh, how'd you get started as a musician, and and how'd you get started playing guitar? Well, I I was a, a kid in New York. I'm from the Bronx, Bronx, New York. Really? You know, and uh, I was playing in a junior philharmonic orchestra. I was playing violin. I was playing violin. And uh, then I decided, you know, I'm going to play guitar. I'm going to start getting a guitar. So my parents got me a guitar. And I realized that, you know, you, you get more girls with a guitar than a violin. You know, because oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, that's I, I figured, you know, I, I'd let you know, because, you know, I look at bands, parties in the back, you know, with drinking and, and, and strippers and everything else. And I think of Isaac Perlman and and Heifetz, the great violinist. I've never seen any video of them doing shots off of stripper stomachs or you know, none of that stuff. You know, so I figured I'm going to maybe a guitar player has a little bit better chance of that. So. <laughs> well, you could have changed the culture of violin by doing all that stuff while playing violin. 
Yeah, and I could have burned and smashed it. Really? <laughs> yeah, but you know, wearing a tuxedo on stage and then burning and smash—I, I don't think it has the same effect. You know? Yeah, probably not. But I mean, it might be funny at least once. <laughs> once, yeah. But then we, you know, we moved out here to California, and the 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 programs in school, you know, they they weren't what it is in New York. You know, New York is at that time was such a, a cultural mix of all kinds of music, all kinds of people. It's the melting pot, like they call it. And coming yeah. out to California, you know, it's a, it was a little bit more, they're very laid back, you know, it wasn't as intense. So I decided, you know what, I'm just going to go ahead and, and, and play guitar. And then um, when I was 14 years old, I can even tell you that March 25th, 1970, uh, my buddy Gordon came up to me, he goes, you ever listen to Hendrix? I go, yeah, Purple Haze, Fox and Lady. He goes, no, 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 no. Have you ever listened to Hendrix? I go, I guess not. He goes, look, the Band of Gypsies album just came out today. I listened to it. My, my brother bought it. He goes, I'm going to sneak to the house before he gets home. I'll steal it, bring it to your house, and you can listen to it and tell me what you think. So I go, okay, great. You know, his brother keeps asking him, where's my album? He goes, I, I don't know what happened to it. You know, so I put the album on LP, of course. You put it on the oh, first yeah. side. I wound up just transforming from a kid that played guitar to a guitar player. I stayed up from Friday after school till Monday when I had to go back to school. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't put it down, couldn't put the guitar down. And I learned both sides of the LP, note for note. And he comes back on Monday and goes, so what do you think? I go, well, let me show you. And I put side one on and I played the whole side one on guitar with the album, flipped it over, did the same. He goes, I've never heard anyone play that like that, play Hendrix like that. He goes, you know, I've heard Purple Haze Fox, but not this intense. He goes, you know what? I'll take it back to my brother. I'll steal the Axis Boulders Love album for this Friday. And then the following was Are You Experience? And the following was The Electric Ladyland. And I wound up that month, I, I don't think I slept for a month, and just learned all of the Hendrix. And just, uh, it just trans, it just changed me. It just changed me. And I've been doing it ever since and, and playing music ever since. I was playing in clubs and bands since I was 14 years old. You know, so it's it's wow. been a fun ride. Yeah, that's very incredible. Just the uh, and like learning Hendrix. That's it's not easy to play on guitar. It is not easy at all. He, he's really talented guitarist. Actually, I learned it as fast as you did. That's really cool. Yeah, it was like I say. It was uh, it was just in, inspiration. You know, I had never heard anything like that. You know, I loved the Beatles. You know, because the Beatles. It was the sixties. You know, yeah. heard the Beatles and loved the Beatles, of course. You know, and and Carlos Santana and and Eric Clapton. But then when Band of Gypsies came out, it was it was just a different direction of guitar, guitar oh, yeah. playing, music. It was bluesier. It was heavy. You know, the lyrics, you know, machine gun about war. It's just like I say, it was just inspiring. And it's funny for for uh, my 60th birthday, I decided to do the Band of Gypsies album live in its entirety. So my friend Gordon, who I'm still friends with since we were 12 years old, he sees the post. He goes, you're doing Band of Gypsies? I go, in its entirety. I go, yeah. He goes, man, I wish I can come out because he lives in Nebraska. And he goes, I wish I could come out. He goes, oh, it would be great to have you, you know. And I go, well, maybe maybe next time. Well, all of a sudden, I get a call while I'm sound checking from Gordon. He goes, hey, I am in Vegas. I had to drive to Texas to pick up my brother, Chris, who we stole his album. 
and come out to see you do this show. And he says, I'll be there in about three hours. I goes, yeah, I don't play for another five hours. I'm just doing a sound check. And he gets there with his brother and, and we did the album in its entirety. It was just, just so much fun. And then I, I announced on stage, I goes, you know, this man right here introduced me to Hendrix and this album. And I told him the story about staying up all night and learning it, you know, and, and, uh, <laughs> we're sitting there and he goes, Oh, and he also introduced me to another band. He goes, he goes, Hey, you ever heard of Led Zeppelin? And I go, no, he goes, and he goes, for white boys, they can really play. <laughs> the audience is laughing. He goes, you had to tell that story? And he goes, and to let you know, Chris, Gordon stole your album in 1970. <laughs> he goes, I, th I didn't know where it was. Yeah, it, it just turned into this, this giant fest of everyone in the audience. Oh, what a great story. And, you know, it, it was just, just a fun night. Made it a very memorable night. Oh yeah, for sure. Especially to to actually the, the person who gave, who stole Band of Gypsies from his brother to let you listen to, uh, to have him be there too is just it just adds to it. It it did, and I had a you know I had a lot of friends that night, and we just turned after the Band of Gypsies out, we just turned into a jam session. You know, they oh. had to throw us out because the club was closing and nobody wanted to leave. You know, it's like you know you could play here again. You know, I go, I go. but you get those magic nights. You know, I've I, I, been blessed to play with so many great musicians and you know we've we've gotten it where it's like you're playing and, and you hear this band that's opening for you. it's like oh that guitar player is good or the bass player because they're going to come up during our encore where they're going to come up and play with us you know leave your amps on stage and it's it's you know it's it's made for such great magic you know being playing playing with these musicians and i think bb king was was the one i used to say he goes what his goal was, and, and it's turned into my goal, is to play with as many musicians as you possibly can. Because everything will be a learning experience. It'll be a fun experience. Because it's something that you, you, you'll take to your grave. It's like, oh, remember the night we played with UFO? Remember the night we played with Great White? You know, and, 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 and you remember those nights. And I still, and I'm still like, we played with Macaulay Shanker Group, really? you know. We opened for them on their first show together in 10 years. And we got asked to open the show for them. And, and we did. It was just one of those nights. I still, uh, I still keep in contact with Robin and with his wife, Gina. She's a sweetheart, you know. And this, every time he's doing something, it's like, hey, I got a new song. Sends it over, you know, or his wife does the same thing. So it's, it's you know, been able to keep in contact with a lot of these, uh, some of my heroes. You know, some of my heroes. Yeah, it's not only like a like a learning experience to play with you know uh, very talented musicians and a bunch of different musicians. It's also it's all the connections you make because you know as you said like you know tr you know sending music you know back and forth and to listen to and everything. It's like the connections, the friendship, and the experience like all in one. It it is. It's it's like I said. I've I've, I've been blessed to, to to have a lot of those experiences and and for me it's you know you know like when we do the Hendrix set for instance because it's never the same show. Never. The set's never the same. The arrangements are different because Hendrix always did it that way. So we do the same thing. You know, we'll, we'll take it. It's like, hey, let's do the Miami pop version of Foxy Lady this time. You know, or we'll do albums in their entirety. We did the whole Monterey concert, the Monterey pop concert in its entirety, front to back with all the speeches from from the show, you know, when he goes, yeah, it's really out of sight here, didn't even rain, no buttons to push. So we did all of the same speeches, and and, and then, of course, 
burn and smash the guitar at the end. Well, yeah. <laughs> so things like that. We've done the Woodstock show like that. We've done Are You Experienced in its entirety. You know, we've done Band of Gypsies in its entirety. So it's 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 always different. That's what people love about it. Because every time we come see you, we know there's going to be something different at this show. And we're going to see something different. And we do the same thing now with Skull Tone. You know, we did six sold out shows at the Whiskey. You know, six months in a row with some fun bands with, with uh, L.A. Guns, the Bang Tango, the Bullet Boys. Did a fun show with Dennis Quaid and the Sharks. His yeah. band is awesome. They've been together, all original members, for 17 years. And we did a show with them, a sold-out show at the Whiskey, and just had a blast. Just great people down to earth. You know, like I say, I've met so many good people, you know, people – you know that they're they're stars, but they're still down to earth, and 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 we do it just just have a fun time. I think that's like the, the that's like the main goal, at least with everything I do. And I think with many other people as well, it's like you gotta have fun because there's you know no point in doing it if you're not gonna have fun. Unless you're getting paid a, a ton of money, then I guess you don't have to have fun. But the main goal <laughs> is to have fun. Money's good, you know. I, I I can fake fun for money, but no, it's 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 all about the fun for me. Like I say, oh, yeah. you know, I I've, I've been doing this since I was 14 years old, and I'm in my 60s now, and and it's funny I'm. You know, I had songs on the radio with the band Dungeon and touring and, and opening for a lot of acts. And now I'm in my 60s and I'm more popular now than in my heyday when I was touring. And it, it, I go to the NAMM show now and people, are you Carlos Reyes? Because, yeah. Because, can we do a picture? He's like, oh, yeah, oh, sure. You know, and, and my wife laughs. She goes, you're more popular now than when you were in your crazy heyday. I go, yeah, because people still remember. We were at uh, the river, you know, Colorado River, and we're eating at a at a restaurant down there. There's like 15 people sitting at a table, and two of the guys come over. He goes, you're Carl Sorolla, right? I go, uh, yeah. I saw you play in 1978 at the Space Needle in Seattle. I'm going, wow, and you still recognize me? <laughs> you know? He goes, yeah, we followed you all these years, and when are you coming back to Seattle? You know, and stuff. So it's it, it, it's a lot of fun, you know, still. It's like, hey, people still remember. And like we were talking about, if you make it fun and really enjoy what you're doing, you know, you you look at people in the artist and, and, and they're going to remember. It's like how many girls that, you you know, you, you talk to, you go, you know, I went to go see the Scorpions. He goes, and Rudolph was looking straight at me and singing right at me. You know, and, and that, is special in making that connection and it's just you know he could be looking at the whole audience over here but it was just oh, he was looking at me at me and singing to me you know and, and, and just creating that connection you know these things that you know you'll never forget and they'll never forget yeah for sure i think that's like kind of the, that, that's like the main reason to go to concerts is you know to create really really cool memories but also to listen to really great music I've, I've had a few, at least I think, from the direction I was staying, I had a few musicians on stage point at me, so I'll take it. They might not have been pointing <laughs> at me, but I will take it. <laughs> exactly. And I, and I tell the guys at the band, look, make eye contact, point at someone and smile at them, you know, and, yeah. and they're going to remember that. Whether you can see them because the lights are so dark, sometimes you can't see the audience, yep. you know, acknowledge them, and, and they're going to always remember that. They're always going to come back to see you play in whatever bands you're playing in because they remember those moments and you remember those moments. Just, man, did you see the smile on that person? You know, yeah, yeah it, it, 
you can't you can't put a price tag on that. Even though I, I'd be willing to, but you know, just <laughs> yeah, I'd be just willing to. You know, just a few million dollars here and there. It'll be good. Yeah, yeah. Hey, fifty bucks till Tuesday. I, I'm, I'm a happy man. You know, so, <laughs> I'm not greedy. <laughs> I was, I was, yeah, obviously, we're talking about you know live shows and playing music and all that. I do know you're part of three awesome bands, as I said in my intro. But the first one I want to uh, talk about is Stone Free, as you were kind of, we were kind of covering a little bit uh, earlier. But uh, what can people expect from a Stone Free show? Well, you know, I've had people that have seen Hendrix live and have seen has seen our, our Hendrix shows. And I had one guy when we did the Woodstock with Burning Smashing tore up the stage. He goes, you know, he goes, that was the second greatest guitar performance I've ever seen. He was older than me. So he's he goes, I've seen everyone from the Doors to Janice to stuff like this. He goes, wow, thank you. He goes, who's your first? He goes, Cream 68 at the Fillmore. He goes, it was just Eric just was on fire. He goes, and you're second. He goes, what's third? Uh, Jimi Hendrix at San Bernardino Swing. I was like, you know you put on a good show when someone who has seen Hendrix has done that. And I played with a musician, a jam session at a club, and he had actually played with Jimmy and, and Buddy Miles. And he came up and played, and him and I played together. And after the show, I did a bunch of Hendrix after the show. He goes, you know, I played with Hendrix. He goes, and you did things today that Jimmy didn't do. He goes, that he goes, that's an amazing he goes, that's an amazing show, what you did and, and the way you just love the music, you love Hendrix. He goes, you take it and, and it's not just like you're playing it note for note, nineteen sixty eight. He goes, you're taking it and as if Jimmy's still playing, and if Jimmy was playing, what would he be doing? He goes, and that's kind of more of what you're taking it. You're taking his technique, no for no, but then you're adding today's technique to it and, and trying to keep keep it true, but keep it like, yeah, you're seeing Jimmy today, not just in 1968, yeah, 1967. So they, uh, that's uh, uh, that was those are some great compliments, especially for someone who played with Hendrix. That that's uh, that's a great compliment. Yeah. Very high honor for actually like for people who have seen Hendrix and like can actually like say you know compare compare it to you and some say you know better or put a different spin or style on it but still stay true to Hendrix. I think that's really cool. It it's fun. It, it is like say just watching the people's audience when we did the Woodstock show. It, there was a it was summer. It was 115 degrees outdoors concert, and women weren't wearing. Literally nothing. They were taking clothes off because it was so hot, and they're climbing up on stage and grabbing us. And you know, while we're playing, and I'm telling my Roku, don't take them off the stage yet. Kind of circle a couple times like you're chasing them. Let the crowd have some fun too, watching these naked girls running around the stage. Stuff. So <laughs> it was it was hilarious. And I told my wife, I go, honey, I'm so sorry, you know, about about this. She goes, look, you're wearing an afro, a fake mustache red flowered pants, an orange puffy shirt, and a colorful vest. Because if women think that's hot, they can have you. <laughs> she used to be the jealous type. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I don't, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to speak on that. But, <laughs> uh, but so how, do, how does it feel like? To pay tribute to Hendrix and do it in the in the way that you do it, that actually like people uh, really enjoy it and they really um, you know compare it to Hendrix as highly as they do. 
Well, it's, it's, it's the reason I play, you know, when, hearing that Band of Gypsies album just changed it for me. So it's, you know, you, you have to pay homage to the, to the guys that did it before you. You know, you, the B.B. Kings, you know, the Jimi Hendrix, the Eric Clapton's, the Muddy Waters, you know, Howlin' Wolf. Those guys that, that you know, shaped the music that, that we play today. You know, because I don't care what anyone says. You know, if you if you don't know who those guys are, you're not a musician, because those are the guys that reinvented music, and 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 put it to a style, made it a live thing. It's not just an LP. You know, it's it's a live show. They brought it to a stage, and they brought it to the audiences, and and I just feel honored to be able to still do that, to 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 keep going in the tradition of, of the, of the elders, the guys that did it before me, you know, and then getting to play with, you know, I got to do a show with UFO and Vinnie Moore was playing guitar and Vinnie Moore is one of my favorite guitar players. He, he autographed one of my guitars for me. So I had to take the pick guard off or I couldn't play it anymore because you know, <laughs> it'll smear, you know, but, but, you know, getting to play with a lot of these guys and then getting again, still playing with a lot of my friends from the eighties, you know, like from great white and, and bullet boys things that we're all still playing, you know, we're still survivors of that time. You know, it, it, it just makes it, you know, it's just, you know, it's from the heart, you know, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter really about the money, you know, and, you know, money's always good and getting paid more, then we can smash more guitars and more instruments, you know, put on a better show, things like that, you know, but it's just, you know, I've been doing it for the love of music for, you know, since 1970. You know, and it's and I'm going to continue to do it. You know, people say, "Are you going to still play with your teeth like Hendrix does when you're 90 years old?" I go, "Yeah, I may have to take them out, you know, and use it as a slide or something." But I'm yeah. not going to do that. You know, so. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I got to wash my teeth first before I do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> no, it, it's it's the reason we still play is, is guys like that and and the Hendrix. You know having people say things like that about seeing Hendrix and seeing, you know, and doing the comparison, it just, I just feel humble, you know, just, it's like, thank you so much that, that you get it, you know, that you see it and you get what we're trying to do. Yeah, for sure. Especially like to, um, you know, to still play with the, the people who are, you know, as you said, from the eighties who are still playing, who are still, you know, alive and kicking and still putting on great shows. I think, that's awesome, like in its own right, that like you guys are still here, you're still going, and like you're doing all these cool things that um, that you know people enjoy so much. Yeah, I just it's now that things are opening up. Like I said, I've got a few shows this in September, a few in October, and some in November already starting to book. You know, so and I want to finish getting the album done with Skulltone because I have a a blues band I started, my Blues Groove All Stars. And got some great musicians, great day musicians, and then it all hit, and it's like, okay, going back to my country, or I'm going back to my to my state, you know, because there there aren't any more shows. So, hoping as things open up, I can do put that back together and, and do it. You know, I've been writing a lot of material, and then with Skulltone, since we've gotten back together, it's just been nuts. Wanting to, we just, I think everyone has all these creative juices, and they just want to get it out. You know, everybody's wanting to write music. Everyone wants to play live. You know, and, and, and it's just so much fun. But, you know, but but you're starting to see it's closing up again in a lot of the country. You know, I've had some friends that say, yeah, we had the big festivals just got all canceled. Yep. You know, so it's we'll see where it goes. But I'm, I'm, we're just going to gear and, and keep going as if, hey, 
it's open tomorrow and we're going to keep playing. So. And I think that's the right attitude to have. I know like kind of where I'm at, where there's, you know, the weather in the fall, I'm from Indiana. So like the, the weather, the weather in the fall, I mean, obviously you can't have an outdoor show on like, you know, where you are in California, where you can still have an outdoor show. Uh, I don't think people are going to play in a foot of snow, even though you may be. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, we're pretty blessed out here in California. You know, I have shows, outdoor shows in November coming. You know, so it's it's still it's still nice. You know, October is great. You know, November. You know, you really don't get a lot of rain here. You know, we're we're in a drought, so we we can do a lot of those outdoor shows. Yeah, you know? I, I I don't think you would play in a foot of snow, but maybe if they paid you enough. <laughs> <laughs> can I burn and smash? Well, I don't know how well a guitar will burn and smash in snow, but I'd give it a try. I definitely would. <laughs> Book it. Book it, Matthew. I'll be there. I'm all mad to settle up now. <laughs> Set it up. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, Christmas last year here in Indiana, we we had a, we had uh, almost two feet of snow. Like it just came from like Christmas Eve, like you know, midnight to eight a.m. We had two, almost two feet of snow, sixteen inches, and uh, yeah, it was that was that was insane. That's pretty. Yeah, I'm from New York, so I'm I'm used to seeing the snow and it, you know through the holidays. You know, when I first moved to California. We didn't like Christmas because it was 85 degrees. Christmas, 85 degrees, you know, and we're used to the snow and the, hearing the chains. And as kids, oh, that's Santa Claus. You hear the, you know, hear the chains from the reindeer and stuff. And, and you come out here, it's like people are going to the beach on Christmas. Well, that's not Christmas. <laughs> but I've gotten yeah. used to it. Gotten used to that, you know. <laughs> I might have to try that sometime. I can I can go one Christmas without snow. I'll be okay. But like, yeah, I'll go to the beach. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, I'll go to the – well, my wife and I did that a few years ago. It was 88 degrees the week of Christmas. So we took the sea dews out, and we just went out to a, the lake. Yeah. Went out to sea, and we were the only two people on the whole lake because it's Christmas week. We were the only two. We had a private lake to ourselves, and we just had a blast. I called in. I called in well that day to work. You know, the office called my secretary. Told, "Hey, I'm not coming in. I'm calling in well." She goes, "What do you mean well? I'm feeling way too good. It's 88 degrees. I'm going out to play. Just let everyone know I won't be in today." <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm taking. I'm feeling good day, and uh, I'll see you guys sometime. I'm. I'm busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm busy. If you need me, you know, just leave a message. You know, can't answer a phone on a sea do. You know, so I mean, you could. Uh, I think uh, you might need a new phone afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But you know, I just hey, it's it, it's in the back, it's in the backpack on the beach. Yeah, I'll check it at the end of the day, or not. <laughs> <laughs> on the way home, oh, that was important. <laughs> well, oops, oh, missed that one. Missed that one. Ah, never mind. Yeah, it's okay. Don't worry. My my secretary, she'll take care of it. You know, so, <laughs> she's great at that stuff. You know, so exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, so obviously another band you're in. You've obviously been talking about it as well. That is Skull Tone. So anyone not familiar with this great rock band, uh, what is Skull Tone like? What can they expect from the music of Skull Tone? Well, it's it's. It's heavy. It's rocking. Uh, it's pretty. It's melodic with our vocals. You know, since I joined the band, Doc and I, we've kind of redid all the vocals. You know, to make it more uh, uh, not as just killer. You know, so it's still killer music, but now we've got backing vocals in it. 
you know, and, 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 and now with the new members, you know, we got the new members and they're just, uh, they're just seasoned veterans and they see the vision we see. You know, I think before uh, some of the guys were, you know, they, 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 different backgrounds, things like this. I think everyone here, we're, they're all crazy. We're all crazy musicians. So that helps, you know, insanity is great, you know, when you're just not the only one in the Berber room, you know, so it's, it, it, it's, it's fun. We're, they're learning the material really quick. You know, they love what they hear and we're just, you know, we're excited. We want to get the album out. And uh, our, our managers is saying, look, you know, I've got like eight shows with major acts lined up for you guys. We got to get the album finished so we can get these shows booked. You know, and like he, we had booked quite a few shows before the pandemic, you know, with a lot of great artists. So we want to get back to doing that. But it's just getting the album out. And it's, it, and it's a rocking album. It's, 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 <laughs> it's pretty heavy. It's pretty heavy, you know, so, but, but it, but it, like I say, it does have its melodic edges. And there's what is why I like playing in that band. It's, it's fun, like I say, and, and it's not just, it's not a thrash metal band. You know, it's a hard rocking straight ahead kick you in the teeth type music you know so i like the sound of that i really do but uh so i can you give any hints about the uh the, the album you're working on any kind of like uh, music lyrics anything you can give hints on well there's one song uh that i guess uh uh our our manager says marvin he says i heard this song and he goes i want that to be the first video so we'll probably shoot that next month it's uh, it, but the song's called "Save Me," and it's about. I wrote it for my wife. You know, I was a uh, during my crazy rock and roll days. I was a party animal. Uh, you know, I could outdrink any audience. You know, I was one of those kind of guys. You know, and and for twenty years, that's I was just that guy. You know, and and when you're drinking like that, you you don't see there's a problem. You, you, you know, you're just you're 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 in the moment. Yeah, nothing's wrong. You know, you're in the moment, you know, and, and you push away the people that are trying to say, hey, you know, you've got to come back down to earth, you know. And so this song's about that. It's it's about, you know, I love the nightlife, I'm partying, I love all of this stuff. And then, but the, the, the choruses are save me, save me from myself, you know, save me from everyone else, you know, turn my dogs to light, you know, turn my, you know, it's that kind of thing. So. The verses are like, I want to party. And the choruses are, save me. Somebody's got to save me. Save me from myself. And, and it's a, a fun song. Um, and I, I think that's going to be our first video. I, I, I like uh, I like the sound of that, especially like the, um, the, uh, the, you know, the difference from like, as you said, like the chorus versus like the verse, like the, you know, the verses are like what you're doing. But like the inside, you know, you on the inside, it's like, I, I think I need help. I think I should, you know, stop acting like this. So. I, I really like the concept of that song. Yeah, and it's about my wife. You know, she, she always tells me, "How come you don't write a song about me?" You know, so I go here, here. I, I got finally one. did. I finally did. Yeah, you know, but yeah, it's like I say, it's a, a Doc's Doc's a, a great songwriter. And then when I joined the band, he goes, "Look, here's here's the deal. If you join our band, you can do the other half of the album." So I get to write six songs for the album. So and. And then now some of the new music that I've come up with now that we're back, 
you know, I've written the, the music and he's starting to write the lyrics already. He goes, man, and everyone's like, oh, let's put this in. So it's kind of getting more of a collaboration where in a lot of bands, it's either I write it or a singer writes it. Here now, we're getting to that point where, okay, we understand what we want and what we're doing. And and we we know the style. We've defined what we what our music is. Let's let's do it together. I, you know, I've always wanted to collaborate more. You know, but it's always been I'm writing the songs or he's writing the song. Well, I'll add this part to it. But that's you know, th I'm I'm really looking forward to to the new music, besides the stuff we're doing now, because it's going to be a, a a collaboration and and it's and it's going to be fun. I want everyone in this band to have a say. You know, like this is their band. It's not just Doc's band because it was. He's the leader of the band. It's our band because all of us have equal say in it. I want everyone to, to write lyrics, help me. You know, here's the music. I'm going to send it to you. If you hear something, let me know. I, I don't have an ego as far as like, oh, hey, that's my song. No, it's not changing. You know, things like it's, you know, because I played in bands like that. I, I went and played in a band called the Blue Powder Monkeys. You know, they were looking for a guitar player who could sing you know, I can harmonize and, and could produce. So I met the singer and we talked and he goes, Hey, come down and uh, I'll give you, here, here's six songs, learn these six songs, come to practice. So I went down there and I go, look, as long as you don't mind me adding harmonies and, and, and changing a few things around, because that's what I do. That's how I produce music. And the other guitar player goes, the songs are done. No, you, you can't do that. I go, well, keep an open mind. Let's do the first song. We did the first song and I had a guitar harmony on top of his guitar and added vocal harmonies on there. And he looks at me and goes, now that's the way we should record the damn song. <laughs> and it wound up turning into a fun band, you know, everyone's starting to get their say and getting in there. And uh, yeah. we got submitted for a couple of Grammys, you know, and my wife wow. laughed at me because she goes, you got submitted as best new artist. She goes, you haven't been new since the seventies. <laughs> It's my wife again, who you know, supports me a hundred, hundred percent. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Well, she's put up with me, you know, all these years, and and you know, <laughs> she's like I say, she's put up with me, and uh, she keeps me grounded. You know, I call it undergrounded sometimes. You know. <laughs> I got you. For yeah. Sure. Yeah, but she, like I say, it's 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 it's. That was a fun band, Skulltone. I'm looking forward to, to getting the album out, doing some of these shows locally, and then hopefully for summer, getting out when things open up, getting out and, and, and touring. You know, I get offered a lot of shows with my Hendrix band also, you know, and, and but it's funny, these last few concerts I've done, people in the audience that come see me play all the time, you know, in different bands, he goes, okay, it's time for an original album again you haven't done anything like that because you need to put your music your new music out so it's i don't it's in the works it's in the works so yep. you know so, which is fun it's it's great that they come see the hendrix band or they go see these bands but they because hey we want to see you play we want to see you guys play we want to see your new music your new inspiration you know and stuff i'm not going to sing about covid you know i'm not any of that stuff and you know i'm not but uh yeah i, I i'm looking forward to uh writing new music, recording this, and getting out and, and playing it, you know. And then uh, KLOS said they're going to premiere one of our songs in the end of September, end of this month, and save me in November. They're hoping the video will be done. So, so that's kind of fun stuff hearing, you know, get your songs back out on the radio.
Yeah, yeah, especially like uh, you know, I know quite a few people who like you know, even just local musicians. Like, hey, I finally, I finally made it to FM radio, and I'm like, that's <laughs> awesome. Like, I mean, that's a good accomplishment. I think between that and getting vinyl, I mean, those are two good accomplishments. Oh, it's true. I remember driving when when I had my band Dungeon in the '80s, and we were getting songs on the radio and stuff. And I remember driving in my car. I was going to a club after a band rehearsal. And someone called in and requested one of my songs. Because, hey, can we have that new song? By it was like, oh, man. It was like, I had tears. It was like, that is so cool. You know, just makes all that hard work worth it. You know, when someone else sees it and feels yeah. it, you know. It, and feels so inclined to actually, like, call a radio station to actually say, hey, you got to play this song because it's good. You know, like, <laughs> to actually take the action to, you know, not just say it's good, but actually make the action to call and tell them you should play it. Yeah, that, 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 that was just great. I was at a party one time, like a band party after hours, and same thing happened. We were listening to KLO, KNAC, <clears throat> that was the, excuse me, the metal station out here, and someone called in and requested one of, the, one of our songs. I was like, hey, guys, guys, shh, 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 someone's requesting our song, you know, so it's, it, you know, it's like that, that movie, that thing you do, you know, that when they all hear the radio and they all, they hear yeah. their song on the radio, it was like that. All of us at this party are just going, dude, someone wanted our song, you know, so it, 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 it's fun. Like that same with Blue Pot of Monkeys when we got some, made it for a couple of Grammys and we were getting airplay. One of the coolest things I was listening to an FM radio station, you know, online and they played, they played uh, Stairway to Heaven. Then they played a double shot of my band, and then they played Freebird. I go, wow. If you ever in your mind, in your whole life think you are two of your songs are played in between two of the greatest rock songs of all times? I just sat there like, wow, life is good. <laughs> That's a killer block too, you know, to to be flanked by Led Zeppelin and Leonard Skinner. That's yeah, and two songs, not just one, two. Yeah, a double shot. You know, that, that was like, ah. Oh. Life is good. <laughs> yeah, and I, I can just imagine so like you know, you all huddled around the radio, and then after the song plays, everyone goes, "Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, it's it's a crazy." And I've done it in the cars, man. And it's like I, I've got to pull over for this. I'm not driving for this. I'm pulling over. I want to sit and enjoy it. You know, I don't care if I'm late. Hold my calls. I got to listen. Hold to my this. calls. Yeah. I'm <laughs> They're playing my song on the radio. You know? <laughs> Are you on the radio? I didn't think so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. No, so I'm looking forward to it. We're, we're, I think we're going to see a lot of fun things with this Skulltone band, you know, especially, you know, with the new members. I think there's a new energy. Yeah, I think there's an energy because of COVID's hopefully winding down, a uh, new album out, uh, new songs that we're writing, you know, uh, getting offered good shows and the possibilities of next summer being a, uh, uh, hey, I've got a motorhome, you know, and, and Doc has a motorhome. He goes, let's just go on the road. Hey. My wife goes, you know, when we bought our motorhome, she goes, you know, we should, you should go back out on the road like you did when in the old days. It'll be just like the old days. I go, you mean I could chase women and drink and party? She goes, no. I goes, well, it's nothing like the old days then. <laughs> nothing it's at all. Different. But it could, it could still be fun, I guess, you know, so. <laughs> for sure well, i'm definitely looking forward to all the cool things Skulltone uh, has in the works sounds like you got some killer stuff in the order between the music possible tour lines up for next year in the summer uh it's gonna be i think that's gonna be good man it's gonna be really good yeah it's 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 gonna be a a fun summer it'll just get to be a balancing act between that and the hendrix band because when summer comes 
they, it's all those big outdoor concerts and they, yeah. and they pay well. And uh, so it's do, <laughs> doing that. But, but you know, I do, a, a, you know, I've been sober now. Uh, next month, it'll be 28 years. Congratulations. Right on. Thank you. Because for 20 years, I was I was out there, you know, having fun and, and living the life of, you know, of, of yeah. musician and stuff. So so I do a lot of work for recovery. You know, I do a lot of work for 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 alcohol and drug and 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 I'm a prof like everyone says I'm a professional volunteer. It's like, oh, there's a cause, cancer? Yeah, I'll play. You know, I'll get. so I, I I do a lot a lot of of uh, shows like that, whether it's unplugged, just me, or or it's with a band or playing with someone else's band. You know, for for recovery because you know I had a, a one of my daughters years ago got cancer. And uh, it was two and a half years of chemo, radiation, surgeries, and yeah. and uh, I slept in a hospital cot. You know, I quit playing for a while and slept in a hospital cot next to her for two and a half years and stuff. And uh, it, it, and I met so many great people that helped me get through those times. You know, and they and they all said the same thing: you've got to pay it forward. You've got to the things that you were telling you, the things we're teaching you. Because you need to do that with everyone else. You know, you've got to do that. And I've been doing that. And she was three years old and she's 40, 40 now. So so she was about six when it ended. So, I mean, so for 30-something years, been paying it forward. So yeah. I never, ever say, I don't care what it is. I don't care what the cause is. I'm in. Just So I, I do do a lot of shows like that. But a, a funny story with that was uh, – I had to do a show and this is the eighties now. Okay. So my hair, you know, I'm five foot eight, but in those days I had six inch platform shoes like kiss and I had six to eight inches of hair, you know, just, it, so you, know, it was the 80s, okay? you know, don't judge. It was the eighties, you know, and, uh, and the man, <laughs> and, and, that's a good and, disclaimer. And the, yeah. Disclaimer and the makeup. Cause you know, it was the glam days and stuff. So I, I'm wearing a black spandex pants, my, boots, you know, with the eight, six inch platforms, my hair this high, I got a black cape on, you know, so, and all the metal hardware and, you know, that was big in the eighties and stuff. And so I told my daughter, I've got to go do a show. I'll be back tonight, and, you know, and stuff. So I went, did my show. I'm coming back to the hospital and she's in the, the cancer ward, but you have to go through emergency. And then you have to go through the tunnels to get to that building because it's closed. So here I am, I walk in, a six foot nine, you know, guy dressed like this, and I wave to one of the girls there at the at the desk and then just walk through. Well, she looks, she calls the police and reports a seven foot vampire just walked through my hallway. So, so, <laughs> so she calls the police, the police come. There's two cops now with guns drawn going through the hallways, go clear. Clear, going up every floor through every one of the hospital buildings because there's about seven of them. And, and by that time, I comb my hair down. I'm in a pair of sweats, T-shirt, and I'm, just, I'm asleep. It's 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning. I'm asleep, and the nurses the next morning were telling me, because you made our night. He goes, what do you mean I made your night? He goes, the way you were dressed and you came in, he goes, the cops came here about an hour later. Guns drawn, clear, clear. <laughs> because when I asked him, what are you doing? He goes, we're looking for a seven-foot vampire. He goes, I heard he was through these halls. And he goes, seven-foot? What's he look like? Big hair, cape. And he goes, 
that's Mr. Arroyo. His daughter's a patient here. He's an entertainer. Like he goes, okay. And they put their guns back in their hosters and, and left. And the girls were saying, I didn't see any silver bullets. I didn't see a steak. I, I don't know what they were going to do to kill you. Because <laughs> yeah. you're always drinking, so nothing's going to hurt you. <laughs> and they didn't have garlic with them, I assume. Uh, no, it was funny. I wish I would have seen them with my hair combed back down and my short, you know, and sweats and stuff. Because I would have just kept going. He goes, I saw it. He goes, it flew out that window. And it went, I think, to the roof. You guys should check the roof. Because I'm, I'm sure that's where he's got his coffin hidden. You know, in the yeah. shade. I would have just had more fun. I'm, I'm that guy. I, I don't let things go, and I like to have fun with it. You know, yeah. play that's the prank. How, that's how it should be. You should have said, "Yeah, yeah." He's teaming up with the uh, grandfather from Monsters too. From the, <laughs> yeah, the, he flew out the window, drove off in this fancy car. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and the Dragula. Yeah, yeah, that's him. Yeah, so. Oh yeah, and, and it's funny. Yeah, and that's another thing. Besides being blessed to be able to play with all these positions, some of the crazy stories yes. that have happened in my life because of playing music. It, you know, it, if I was in Alaska playing on a tour in the seventies in a top forty band, right? I was in a top forty band. Wow. I'm up in Alaska. It's our first night in Alaska. And have you ever seen the movie A uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? Uh, yes, I have. Yeah. Okay, you know the tall uh, Indian that becomes Jack. Okay, six six six, two hundred and eighty pounds. Yeah. Well, I get up there and I'm playing on stage. It's our first set, first song, and it could have been his twin brother comes up on stage and starts messing with our singer. So I just pushed him off the stage and just kept playing, you know. And he comes back up and I push him off the stage again, and then he comes up aggressive. So I put my guitar down and Mike and I, our singer. Uh, we both did martial arts, so I jumped up. I just wanted to kind of brush him with a, a heel kick, so I did a spinning heel kick just to kind of brush him off to say, hey, you're messing with the wrong guy here. And I wound up by accident hitting him in the in the jaw. He flew off the stage, hit the dance floor, was out and wasn't breathing. I'm thinking, I've been here 15 minutes and I killed somebody. And I'm thinking, oh, no, and they pick him up and put him in the corner and he's breathing. And, you know, I finished my set, and this one guy from the town comes in and goes, oh, you shouldn't have done that. I go, wait, that's Wanzai. I go, okay, what's a Wanzai? Well, he killed two of his brothers in a fight. Goes, what do you mean he killed his brothers? They were drunk. They were going to go hunting. They got into a fist fight, and he grabbed an arrow and put it through his brother's chest. When the other brother charged him, he just took the shotgun and just blew his head off like this. I go, why is he not in jail? Because it was self-defense. Because I just want to let you know, you just mess with the meanest man in the state of Alaska. Not in the city, in the state of Alaska. Everyone knows who he is. So I tell everyone in my band, guys, we go in twos because he's still knocked out. I, you know, I knocked him out. He goes, we go in twos because when he wakes up, you know, it's Alaska. He's got a knife. He's got a gun, you know, just in twos. So end of the night, he's still out. So I go, good. So I go to the end of the bar and it's just to get my last drink to go. And I feel this big hand behind me and I turn around and there's one's eye. And I'm thinking, oh, I have nowhere to go, nothing to grab. I'm thinking, oh, I'm a dead man. And he just looks at me and goes, nobody does that to one side. I'm thinking, oh. <laughs> so I'm looking at his hands. I figured maybe he has a gun, a knife. So I'm gonna grab whatever he does first. And he goes, you're crazy mother. Like this. And I go, huh? And he goes, 
can I buy you a drink? I'm going, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and we became friends. And then, you know, <laughs> then it becomes this legend of, you should have seen this fight. He goes, this guy from California jumped 10 feet in the air. He did this spinning heel kick, hit him. He goes, the kick was so fast, no one saw it. All we saw was him coming down and one's eye on the floor. He goes, it was just amazing. And, and, and when, oh, I thought it was 15 feet. This, I'm like, no. So, so, Carlos Arroyo is a legend in Alaska now. In Alaska, I, I beat the meanest man in Alaska. Biggest, meanest man in Alaska. And I beat him with one hit. You know, it's just, you know, and I told that story to someone else. We were laughing about it. And, one, and the one kid goes, Aren't you the guy that beat up Bruce Lee? I go, Oh, no, 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 don't you start. Yes, yes, I did. Yes, of course. <laughs> yes, yes, that was me. You know, I jumped up 20 feet for Bruce Lee. You know, so it, it just, <laughs> so, so it just became this, this funny, funny thing. And it seems like every city that we play in when I was touring, something crazy like that happened. It was just, yeah. but we were that kind of band. We were a party band. We were, we were nuts. And, you know, when that guy that I ran into that said he saw me in 78, you know, playing, he goes, he goes, yeah, you know, you guys got me in a lot of trouble here in the state of, of Washington with my band. We were always in trouble for something when we played through here and toured. And the one guy goes, what about Oregon? He goes, yeah, I got in trouble in Oregon a lot too. And he goes, maybe it's not us, it's you. It's like, yeah, it could be. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> no, it couldn't have been us. A good Catholic boy. You know, my mom raised me a nice Catholic boy. You know, so <laughs> so, so if if you if uh, you know to be the man, you got to beat the man. So if you beat the the meanest man in Alaska, that would make you the meanest man in Alaska. Yep, or the luckiest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he was he was he was uh he was. He was big, <laughs> you know. He was he was big, but it, but it's 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 stuff like that. That besides playing the music, you know, and then meeting people and getting the compliments, but you know, and comparisons, you know, it's it, it's humbling. But but then meet you know meeting people outside of shows that still remember your or or these kind of stories, and you think back, I can't believe you did that type thing, and you know, or I, for me, it's like I can't believe I'm still alive. You know, after all these all yeah. these craziness and 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 you know the party life, and but, but it's great. Yeah, but I'm you know I'm married. I've got kids, and life is good. Life is good. I can't wait to you know get back and get back on the road. Play some music. Hear some songs on the radio. And say, yeah, that's that's my new song. Yeah, pull over and go. I gotta I gotta wait for this. I gotta wait for this because I'm not driving. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's awesome. Like, yeah, as you said, you got a lot of killer things in the works. I, I look forward to uh, hearing everything that comes out in the fall and into the summer of next year. But uh, I'm going to wrap up this interview. I do got one more thing before I let you go because we're almost at an hour. It's been a, been a killer interview. I really appreciate oh, it. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Of course. And uh, so how are you going to close out 2021 and uh, looking into moving into 2022? Well, 2021, finish the album, get the songs on radio, Get the video done. I want to definitely get the video done because they're pushing for it. Uh, end, the, end the year doing some shows. I have probably eight shows lined up, you know, with different bands and stuff for now. And then I'm really looking forward to 2021, you know, hopefully getting some airplay and getting enough momentum and getting out and, and, and touring. Yeah. I'd like to get out there and take the motorhome out and go go be young again, you know? 
be young again. It's, it's, you know, and, and it's not just for, for the, the me and stuff. It's just, it's just, it, it, I just enjoy it so much. I enjoy meeting people. You know, it's like, like you and I, we're the same way with the music. Got to have new music. For me, it's oh, yeah. got to meet new people also. You know, I've got to get new experiences. You know, it's, you, you think you've done it all and you realize Man, there's more to do. There's more fun to have. There's, I'm, I want to get out. Let's go have some fun. Get this COVID over and, and get the world back to what it, what it used to be, you know. And Christina, you know, she's been a big help to us, you know. And she even, which makes my wife again laugh, is she got me submitted for the sexiest man on People magazine. Sexiest man alive. And I sat there and realized, COVID hasn't killed everybody, right? I saw Matthew McConaughey, you know, without a shirt jogging on the beach. He's still alive, right? Yeah, okay. You know, so, <laughs> so I'm looking forward to fun stuff like that, just shaking my head going, I can't believe that just happened, you know. And, and you won, of course, right? <laughs> no, they, she, I got submitted. I just laughed. I'm just thinking, really? They want me? You know, so I go, yeah, send them a picture. Send them the bio. Yeah, tell them I'm interested. You know, so I think Sean Connery passed away, so uh, they're looking for an old guy, <laughs> another old guy. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, – she's, she's a great person. Always fun stuff like that. You never know – you never – can expect, uh, you know, what she's thinking or like what's what she has planned until she's like, hey, this is what I got lined up for it. And it's going to go, all right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. She, she, she's a lot of fun, you know, and, 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 and some of the stories she tells me about, you know, she's going out promoting bands and doing things yep. and some of that. She goes, and she shakes her head and goes, I can't believe I did that. You know, I go, good. You, you want to always say, you don't want it to be straight. You, you want to be able to come home thinking, wow, that was crazy. You know, yeah. no matter how old you are and you know, yeah. who you meet, you know, just go out and have fun. Have yeah, some fun. Yeah. Enjoy life. It's too short. Yeah, that was crazy. And, and I survived. <laughs> and I survived. Exactly. I mean, you know, you know, I survived the 70s and the 80s, you know, with, with all of the yeah. craziness and survived it all. And now it's like, wow, I'm in a new millennium. Let's let's do this. Let's have some fun. It's rock and roll. Yeah, Definitely. <laughs> I, well, hey, I really appreciate hanging out with me. Please check out Carlos Arroyo. Check out the uh, check out Stone Free. Check out Skull Tone. Check out the Blues Group. All sorts. Check out all that great stuff. I'll leave some links in the description for everything. But Carlos, thank you so much for hanging out with me here on Super Cool Radio. Oh, thank you, man. Thanks for having me. It was a blast. Yeah, of course, hey, that's how I do it here on Super Cool Radio. Because of course, I am the host as always, the spirit of Super Cool Radio himself, Matthew Thomas. Thank you for watching and stay frosty. You got it. Bye.